Hey guys, it's your host Ryan. I am uh, here today. We did the wrap up of 2018. I have a guest, Matt Chastain, my first guest, and he came back. We talked about uh, top lists of all sorts top moments in sports, top beers, top places to travel, uh, celebrity deaths. Basically, anything that happened in 2018, fitness trends, all types of things, uh, the lists go on. We talked about golf courses we want to play, our favorite teams in all sports uh, that we watch, um, and our thoughts on them, and highest paid athletes, all types of things. It was a good episode. It's it's going to be fun. It's different. It wraps up the year. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, I hope you guys have a safe new year. And a uh, great 2019. I'm looking forward to what I'm going to present to you in the coming year and in January. So keep listening. Tell everybody. Rate it on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Share it with your friends. Share it on social media. You can get me at at Two Cents Worth Podcast. You can find me Two Cents Worth Podcast at gmail.com. Cents uh, Worth Pod is my Twitter. And uh, I hope you enjoy this one. Thank you. Welcome to Two Cents Worth, the year in review podcast uh, coming to you. We are recording this and then I'm going to put it up uh, immediately. So it is December the 30th. Tomorrow will be New Year's Eve and this is the last podcast of the year. And I have my friend here, Mr. Matt Chastain, the first guest on Two Cents Worth has come back to do the year in review. We are going to do a couple of things first. We're going to go through some of our... Uh, uh, want lists, I guess. Um, and then some just things around, uh, golf, favorite teams, favorite courses we want to play, favorite courses we have played, not favorite courses we want to play, courses we want to play, favorite courses we have played, uh, favorite podcasts that we listen to. And then we're going to get into Matt and I picked certain lists, um, and we did not share them until he just got here a couple minutes ago. But we're going to go over the lists of 2018 from anything from sports and fitness to celebrities to vacations, all that stuff. So the things that came out in 2018, because it is that time of year, there were all these lists have come out for the year. So let's just jump into it. Hello, Matthew. Good morning. How's Welcome it going, back. buddy? It's good, man. Oh, it's still morning. Yep, it we're good. It is morning. Yep, it is morning, and we've already cracked our first beers, so maybe we wait four minutes just to make it <laughs> not seem like alcoholics. I already had my first sip, so I okay. already, already All right. lost. All right, so for 2018, going into 2019, we're going to start with golf, because um, it's not the golf season, but uh, you know, spring is going to be right around the corner. Um Let's see. So, uh, favorite courses. Give me your top three favorite courses you've played. Top three. Um, I'm going to have to go Mitchell as one of the three. There's Mount Mitchell in, in North Carolina. In no specific order. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed Old Bow when we played Old Bow. as one of the first real mountain courses I ever played. Old Bow is up in right outside of Winston-Salem in North Carolina. And then let me see. It's going to have to be a beach course. Um, I think it was Jaguars Lair. Mm-hmm. Is that the one we played on the Sunday? Correct? Down there? Yeah. 
Yeah, that one was uh, tough but beautiful. So those are my probably my top three. So that's at the Big Cats in Ocean Isle, North Carolina. It's um, it's four courses, and Jaguars Lair is the last one that we played on a Sunday. All right, mine are I uh, have been lucky enough to play TPC Sawgrass, um, the Valley Course, the Stadium Course is where the PGA Tour is held, but the Valley Course, a lot of people don't know, it's a secondary course there, and that's where the web.com is played. So I think it's just cool that I was able to play the TPC Valley Course, um, and it's it's hard. And then we got to drive around the stadium course, and I got to see the Island Green 17, which is cool. Um, where else have I played? Um, Mid Pines in Pinehurst. The Donald Ross design and the greens are some of the most craziest greens I've ever played. Course conditions were pristine, but like the greens, you'd you'd think you'd hit a good chip and it would literally land, you know, on the front of the green and then roll 40 yards off the backside of the green. Like just from the speed or like the stop the the speed and the undulation and false fronts and all this stuff like it it really teaches you how to actually place the ball on those greens it was crazy um and let's see i'm trying to think of any other places that we've gone and played um yeah i like the big cat courses i think jaguars lair is pretty good panthers run i like um that was the third course we played during our trip but panthers runs a pretty good one um so those are those are my three, TPC Valley, um, Mid Pines, and Panthers Run. Yours, Mount Mitchell, Old Bow, and Jaguars Lair. So yeah. you, you say all North Carolina. Yeah. Well, I haven't actually played golf outside of North Carolina. So really, you've yeah. never played. Well, that's not true. You have. You played one South course Carolina. in South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. You're right. But <laughs> yeah, I don't ever take the clubs anywhere. Every if I ever travel, it's it's with the wife and the kids. Um, and just really, they're not golfers yet. So. Okay. All right. What <clears throat> courses do you want to try and play in 2019? Oh, in 2019. Yes. I, so there's, there's going to be two parts courses. You want to try and play for the next year. And then courses that are just on your overall wish list. Yeah. So, I mean, the only courses I'm going to be able to play in 2019 are the, the local ones that we always play. And then the new course, uh, trip we're going on. In the spring, so there's really no wish list for uh, 2019 because um, I know I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I guess, hmm. So Sea Trail Resort, Sea Trail. I think that one will be lots of fun. That uh, might, that'll probably get up into my top three um, for next year's list. Um, from what we saw and everything we've read about it, I think that's going to be a, a really nice course when mm-hmm. we go down there. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have a wish list for next year. I have a wish list for forever. Okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you my 19 and then I'll uh we'll get into just the overall wish list. So, I want to try and play Sweetens Cove. It's outside of Chattanooga in Tennessee, so it's about a 6 and a half hour drive. It's if you follow them on Instagram, go and check out Sweetens Cove. It looks really cool. I want to go and try it. Um, Zach Blair, the PGA golfer, he's, I think he designed it or was part of the design of it. So it's pretty cool. Tobacco road in North Carolina. 
So from Charlotte, it's about a two-hour drive. So I want to try and do that. That could be a Saturday trip. Sea Trail Resort, which is the trip we're doing in May. And then if I can get out to California, I want to play Goat Hill Park in Oceanside, California, which is a uh, north of San Diego. It's a par 65 course. Has oh, wow. eight par threes on it. Yeah. And it's um, it was bought by the owner of Link Soul, uh, John Ashworth, and he pumped a bunch of money into it, redesigned it, and um, it's uh, you can wear whatever you want, Blair music, whatever. It's like it's a most relaxed place to go and play. So I, I want to try and do that if I can get out to California this year. All right, what's your uh, wish list? So I think the obvious, um, kind of like a lot of other people, are the the big ones like uh, Pebble Creek, um, Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach. My bad, Pebble Creek is a par three <laughs> down the road on Independence. That's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, Pebble Beach. Um, I'd like to play Augusta at some point. I think that'd be really cool. Um, even though you have to be a member, but I was still, say, you might have to yeah <clears throat> make on. a lot of money um, or get friends with somebody that has a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. a member there. Um, the other one that I've actually read about is a place out in Vegas called uh, Shadow, Shadow Creek, um, and it is either invitation only to play the course, or you can try to book it through uh, MGM if you stay there. They pick like 10 to 20 people every day to play it, so it was really, really hard to get on, but I've read that it is an experience, so I think it would be something that would be really, really cool to go to. Okay. I've never, I mean, I've heard of that course. I didn't know about the whole, you can, you get picked by the resort. All right, so mine are all over the country. True North in Arizona, okay. in Phoenix. Really cool course. I saw it on um, Golf Advisor. Um, it was uh, Jeremy Roenick who played hockey. He plays out there a lot, and it looks really cool. Um, and actually, our buddy of ours, B, he just played it. Really? Yeah, he was out in Arizona and played it. Um, Stream Song Resort in Florida. It's outside of Tampa, and it looks like no Florida course you've ever seen. It is like rolling dunes, and it's crazy looking. Um, And it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. It's like in central Florida in a small little town outside of Tampa. So people go to the town just to play golf Go to the town for the resort, yep. Nice. Black Diamond Ranch in Florida. It was one of their holes was built like in a quarry, a rock quarry. So it's like around this whole rock quarry and everything. So that's um, just north of Tampa. You don't have to worry about gators there at least. I I hope not. (laughs) Um, And then Bandon Dunes in Oregon. There's four courses out there that you can go and play. And it's it's really cool. It's all link style. Um, And then you're dealing with the Oregon weather and the coast and all that. So that's cool. And then the last one is Sand Hollow Golf Resort in Utah. It's outside of St. George, which is southern Utah. And it's, like, right on uh, a cliff. So, like, think of, like, the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And you have a golf course just sitting on top of the Grand Canyon. You have all these cliff sides and everything off the That's side. That's cool. So you're driving off top cliffs yeah, at times. Yeah, that's it, pretty it cool. Looks, it looks sick. So that's, that's what I want. I'm not, I'm not the uh, resort type of guy other than, you know, Bandon Dunes, I guess, is um, it's considered, like, top 100. Um <laughs> All right, that was golf. Favorite teams? What's your favorite baseball team? Favorite baseball team is the Braves. They surprised everybody this year by uh, 
by being good, which was <laughs> awesome. They've been terrible for the last, I don't know, eight to ten years, I guess. Um, and before that, they had one of the, the best streaks ever in baseball. Um, so that's when I became a fan um, over the 20 years that they were really, really good. Um, so it's been a difficult eight to ten years, but finally got back into watching a little bit more since they were actually good this year. They were good this year. You're and they're a, really young, so they're going to be good again next year. Your NL East, though, is getting better. I know. Phillies are getting better. Mets are trying to get better. Nationals are getting worse. Nationals are getting worse, yeah. Uh, mine's the Yankees. Always been a Yankee fan. Family's from New York. Grew up a Yankee fan. Always will be a Yankee fan, and now <laughs> I have the kids. Uh, Nolan's a Yankee fan as well, so that's good. We both share the same football team, the Panthers. Local here to Charlotte. We do. I've been a fan since 96. I believe you have as well. Yep. Since I didn't even live here in 96, but we were planning on moving uh, down here in 96. So that's when I started following them because I was like, well, I'll, I'll follow the team that um, I'm going to live in the city. Because at the time, I was a Giants fan and uh, now a Panthers fan. And unfortunately, and if you've been listening to this, you hear me talk about every week for the last seven weeks that we suck ass because. It's it's hard to win when your quarterback has a bum shoulder. We've lost seven in a row, which today could be eight in a row. It it will be eight in a row. I mean, there's no. We're playing about our it. third string quarterback. Well, yeah, we are. What's the guy's name? Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. So you don't even know his name. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna lose. I don't. I don't feel confident. And they're playing Teddy Bridgewater. That's the that's the Saints backup. Teddy Bridgewater's won football games in the National Football League. Lots of them. Yeah. That's their backup. Our well, backup was a kid from Old Dominion. And, it's, and he's hurt. And now Kyle Allen, who I don't even know where he played. He played, he started, I think, at Texas A&M. I don't know if he finished there or not, though. See? Houston. Houston is where he ended up, I think. So, yeah, he he has lots of passing stuff. Uh, and then now the football is just continuously getting more depressing for me. Favorite college team? Do you have one? Basketball? No, football. I do not have a favorite college football team. I uh, I root for mainly ACC teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless it's Carolina, I root against Carolina every time. Um, <laughs> and when, when we go through our college basketball teams, you'll understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I root against the Big Ten all the time. So there's there's more teams I root against than I root for. More. Uh, that's kind of how it works for me in college football. Big Ten's overrated. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and if you're listening to this, you and you follow college football, you would have seen the massacre that happened last night against Clemson, and the state of depression that I'm in is probably why I'm drinking before noon on a Sunday. Um, Yeah, Notre Dame. (laughs) College basketball. We share the same team just as we do for college football, or for pro football. Duke Blue Devils. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go Duke. Yeah, I mean, we were were fans before all this one-and-done stuff, so... I'm not a huge fan of the one and done. I mean, it keeps us relevant every yeah. single year. Um, but I liked I liked it when it was like John Shire and and all those guys. And it is hard to seniors. back the team when I have to learn the team every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, for me, Rhode Island. This is crazy too. Just how big Duke is. Like kind of like Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame plays home games all across the country. Last night it was like 70-30 Notre Dame fans over Clemson fans in that stadium. Like, really? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, their fan base is huge. But for Duke, in growing up in Rhode Island, they were always on. 
every Saturday. I became a Duke fan when I was a little kid because that's what I saw. I saw them more on TV than I saw the University of Rhode Island, which was 15 minutes down the road from me. Yeah. Which is a Division One school. A big Division One school, especially yeah, and, in that market. And even th- back then, they were actually decent at basketball, too. Yeah. I mean... It was Catino Mobley, Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. Those guys played for URI, and yet I followed Duke more than I did <laughs> URI. Um, I just remember growing up watching like Wojciechowski and Nate James and some of these guys that never made it pro, but were just your, your typical Duke player, yeah. right? Like you mentioned, guys that weren't one and done, guys that would be like three, four years, all starters, just good role players. You mentioned John Shire, guys like mm-hmm. that. Um, all right, let's switch it to an individual. Favorite golfer? Um, I mean, I know a lot of people probably are going to be about the same thing. as I, I'm, I'm really a Jordan Spieth fan. I like Jordan Spieth. I like Justin Thomas. I like kind of the way those guys play. Um, they have a, a good time while out there. Um they talk to themselves just like I do when I'm playing golf. They yell at themselves. <laughs> I get really pissed off when they make a bad shot, even though they have a reason to be mad, and I don't. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably say uh, Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas are, are my favorite golfers. I think, one, that's great for golf because, you know, everyone was worried that golf wasn't going to be relevant. You don't have the guys that people want to follow anymore, and that's obviously not true because you have now a lot of really good stars that that play. Mine is surprising to Matt because he didn't know it until I told him. Uh, Kevin Kistner. So I watched a thing on Kevin Kistner on Vice Sports a few years ago, and if you don't know Kistner, he lives in Aiken, South Carolina, which is a small town. Uh, right on the border of Georgia and South Carolina, right across the river from Augusta. So that's where Aiken is. Um, and he did this thing on Vice Sports of him and his buddies just playing like nine holes on his his course. And he just seems like this really great laid back guy. And so then I started following him on tour. And then when, anytime I would go to a tour event, I would uh, I'd follow him. And he's just this... He's got this demeanor about him on the course, like like people watch like uh, Duffner, and they're like, oh, nothing really gets to him. Like Kistner's kind of the same way. Like he doesn't yeah, let the that. ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of the game really bother him. He just takes it like a shot at a time, and I kind of like that because I try and have that same <laughs> aspect in <laughs> oh, golf boy. because it is tough, you know. Especially with, you know, I'm a 13 handicap. You're basically a 13 handicap. Like we have a lot of bad shots, and so it's hard to be like. Okay, stay calm because you you know you're gonna have a good shot here mm-hmm. eventually, you know, and you can put it together and have a decent score. Um, so I try and take that, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Kevin Kistner. Yeah, I like the the explosive guys. And that's okay. Yeah, it's good. I think all of these guys are good for golf because even Kistner, he's made a Presidents Cup. He's mm-hmm. a good player. You know, top twenty or thirty in the world. He's he's always gonna be decent. Um, do you listen to any podcasts? I do not listen to podcasts. Other than this one. I listen to this one. Yeah. Um, I don't listen to every guest you have on. Um, I listen to I listen to your Friday follow-ups or whatever they're called. My every week time. in review. Your week in reviews. I've listened to all of those. Um, I've listened to a f- uh, several of the other ones. Um, I just don't have a whole lot of time. Mm, um, okay. Most of the stuff I listen to is Sports Talk Radio, um, which will start dying down now that uh, the Panthers are are done. Yeah, you're not going to listen to the Hornets. So, I mean, notice we didn't talk about an NBA team. Yeah, I mean, I've actually or I've an actually NHL team. I've actually started watching a little bit more Hornets. Um 
And Kemba Col- scored 47 points last night. We lost. Uh, that happens a lot, dude. Yeah. Um, we are a 500 basketball team. We get to 500, and then we lose a game. Then we get to 500, then we lose a game. Um, and yet we're still sixth in the East. That, that tells, you, tells how you how bad the East bad is. bad the East is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, all right, so no podcast. I do. And so here are my podcasts that I listen to, no particular order. But uh, for 2018, these are my top podcasts. Eric Anders Lang Show. It is all about golf. It is basically one of the main reasons why I got into podcasting is I was listening to that, and I've reached out to him and his assistant and talked to Colt, who's his assistant, and he gave me some advice on starting a podcast. So I try and listen to his religiously. Um Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. So Dak Shepard is a... I've heard that one is really good. So it's funny. So he has this, basically a Lazy Boy recliner that he got on set somewhere and he brought it home and it's in his attic. His attic is a finished attic. And he sits in this Lazy Boy and his guests sit on a couch across from him and he just records and he's like basically like lounged out in this in this <laughs> armchair and it's actually pretty good it's a couple hours long so you have to you have to really have um so when do you have the time to listen to all these podcasts so i'll listen to them in my commute so okay. my commute is basically an hour um gotcha each way yeah so i have two hours during the day to listen to podcasts okay. um so each day basically i'll pick a different podcast to listen to so the, these guys only record so once a week. Eric or so? Anders, his comes out Monday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Armchair Expert comes out once a week. Um, Short story long with Chris Drama Path. His comes out once a week. What is that one about? So if you ever watched Robin Big, yeah, on MTV, yeah, Drama Rob's cousin started Young and Reckless, a clothing line. He also has this podcast, Short Story Long, where he has. Uh, life coaches, celebrities. Uh, he had Josh Altman from Million Dollar um, Listing, L.A. Um, guys like that, and they talk about basically like their journey through life and how they became successful and what they do to motivate themselves and everything. So it's it's cool. cool. So it's a very motivating <clears throat> podcast. You know when I also listen to it? Crazy it sounds. I'll listen to them when I lift. I will work out and listen to a podcast because it's just having the people talking kind of keeps me focused and in the zone instead of music. Oh, that sounds tough. Isn't that to weird? That is strange. I, I need something to pump me up a little bit when I'm lifting. See, I, for me, it's like listening to like a motivating story will pump me up. Could you listen to that when you were running, though? Oh, yeah, I do. Really? I listen to podcasts when I run. Wow. Yeah. I know, man. It's weird. That is weird. Um, this past weekend with Theo Vaughn. So if you ever, in, in Matt and I's age, MTV, shit. MTV used to have a – we're watching a soccer game, and the, the team I'm not rooting for just scored. Um, but we're winning 3-1 still, Man United. Um, he was on Road Rules. You remember MTV had Road Rules Absolutely. and Real World? Real World? Yeah. He was on the first Road Rules. The first? Oh, geez. Yeah. And so he is a stand-up comedian now, and his shit is so damn funny. Um, he's from Louisiana, so he's this southern boy. He's got a real s- thick southern accent. And, again, he has, like – celebrities on and different types of people on so i listen to him conan o'brien started his own podcast really and it's hilarious and he's a fun i mean he's a funny guy it's he's hilarious dude. it's, it's called conan o'brien needs a friend <laughs> and he brings guests that he really liked on his show onto the podcast and talks to them about like why they aren't friends 
Because he's like, I, re- I bring you on. I brought you on to this podcast because I thought we had like a good connection on the show. Like I thought we'd get along. And the whole point of the podcast is to explore like why he doesn't have a lot of friends and why people don't want to be friends with him. And so it's kind of funny. And actually how I, th- I started listening to Dak Shepard's was he was on Conan O'Brien's podcast and they talked about their story. And I was like, well, I got to listen to his podcast now because it's, and it's like one of the most popular podcasts out there. The Conan O'Brien one is? No, Armchair Expert, oh, okay. Dak Shepard. Yeah, my wife actually told me about that one. Yep. Um, Chapo is about the drug lord El Chapo. Oh, okay. You can only get it on Spotify. And that's a podcast. It's a podcast by Vice News. It's 20 minutes, and it talks. It it is uh, investigating journalists that go down to Mexico and like meet with a, a Mexican journalist, and he takes them to all the places that Chapo is very prominent and popular and like all the things that have happened in Mexico. Sounds very dangerous. It doesn't seem very safe. Like they go into some <laughs> fucking sketchy places, uh, but it's cool because you you get to learn a lot of kind of like the as much as you can, like the underbelly of what's going on in Mexico and the drug wars and how crazy it is. And Chapo is actually in Brooklyn. He's in jail in Brooklyn. He's in jail in Brooklyn and being put on trial in Brooklyn. The trial has started, so it leads up to the trial. Gotcha. And what's going on there? And then the last two that I listen to religiously, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. He puts it out on Monday and Thursday. Um, which kind of gave me the idea of doing the week in review. Yep. His Thursday is basically like what has happened in the week. Gotcha. Um, and it's him. He has no guests. Ever? Ever. And it's one of the most popular podcasts out there. And he literally just, and if you don't know who Bill Burr is, he's a stand-up comedian and he's fucking hilarious. And he says all the shit that you think about in your head but never want to say because you're afraid that people are going to get pissed off at you. <laughs> he says it. And it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and it's really good. And it's about an hour. And then the last one is the Joe Rogan Experience. I think if anybody likes podcasts, you got to listen to Joe Rogan Experience just because... And they're long. Like, some of them are three to four hours long. A three to four hour podcast? Uh So it's like a radio show. and he does them every day. Puts out a podcast every single day. So that's his main job. And he does UFC fights. Yeah. And he does stand-up comedy. Joe Rogan does stand-up comedy? Oh, yeah, dude. He's got some specials on Netflix that are fucking hilarious hmm. he's so damn funny uh yeah so that's uh those are my podcasts all right we're gonna finish this segment with what was the your favorite thing that that happened in 2018 for yourself hmm. i'm gonna go with uh the favorite thing i did in 2018 um and for me it's a vacation hmm. uh, my favorite vacation in 2018 was my 10-year anniversary trip to Turks and Caicos. Um, And it was the most beautiful water I have ever seen in my life. And I've been to four or five Caribbean islands. Dominican, Puerto Rico. Yep. I'm in Jamaica. uh, But Turks and Caicos takes the cake. There is a beach there where you can walk out in the water a half mile and it's still only to your knees. It is just gorgeous. That's nice. Yeah. Mine is a little more... Yours is nice because it's a 10-year anniversary. Mine is similar to just the sentimental fact is both of my children started school, one of which went to kindergarten and actually rode, rides the bus every day to school. And that first day of him riding the bus and like being a proud parent and then Harrison going to school and enjoying school and learning all that stuff, it's, um, 
it's a milestone in the household. Was this his first year in school? Harrison's. Harrison's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, he's been with your parents? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I didn't realize that. All right, so that's that portion. Now we're going to get into our lists. Now, again, Matt and I, we decided that we would not share these lists with each other until we got here, and I've, I shared what my lists are, and he shared what his lists are, but we've not looked at what is actually on the list. So, again, it goes over everything in 2018 from fitness, sports moments, celebrity stuff, brands, anything. All right, so... Um, I'll let you have the honor. Which one are you going with first? Um, the first one I will go with is my favorite. Uh, the most miserable fan bases in <laughs> professional sports for 2018. The top 25. The top 25. And I put the Panthers in there. Um, Which is good because I wanted to see where we yeah, were. Yeah, just see where we were. And so, we're really good. So there was 123 professional teams? Yes. Okay. And you're going to go through the top 25. Yeah, I'll go through the top 25. And... Again, this isn't just for specifically this year. Um, there is a an ESPN article about it, and it has the top five or the top the five ways that the points were scored. Um, so that, if you want to look at it, it's ESPN most miserable fan bases in professional sports. Uh, came out on December twenty first of this year. Um, so number one, Sacramento Kings, um, and they were also last year. The most miserable fan bases of last year, or of uh, of all of sports. Um, it says on here it has a movement. So if any of these have moved anywhere, and the top thirteen haven't moved a whole lot, so just really, really bad. Um, number two, San Diego Padres, <laughs> also a terrible team, just for a long time, just stuck in just awfulness. Um, number three is the Cleveland Browns now, which might move for next year. It, it probably will a little bit. Um, however, the top five things are championships, playoff bursts, playoff wins, heartbreaks, and rival comparison. Um, so well, they playoff might wins. They don't have any, no, so. no playoff wins, no playoff bursts and no championships. So, um, they'll probably move down some with the rival comparison, um, for that reason specifically. I'm um, surprised cause I'm looking through this. I'm surprised. There aren't other Cleveland teams on this list. Like who? Indians. Playoff wins. Yeah, but still. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they were. Um they're not in the top twenty five? No. There's they no probably, other Cleveland team in the top twenty five. They probably dropped out over the um over the last year. Two okay. two years. Because last year is when they made the playoffs, right? And went to, they went to the the World Series. Back in ninety seven. I thought they went last year. The Indians? Do they not? No. Who went last year? Dude, the World Series was Boston and no, 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 Dodgers. Not, not the year the, before that year was before. Astros and Dodgers. Okay, so the the Indians lost to the Astros then. No, the Yankees lost to the Astros. Two years ago? Yeah. Oh, I'm misremembering everything then. Yeah, see, that's what happens to your Braves fan. You guys don't win anything. That's Where are you true. guys on this you list? Don't pay it. <laughs> we still have championships. Uh, it's, just, it's 25 years ago, so this is a, an old list. Um Next up, Florida Panthers. Nobody cares about hockey anyway. Um, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. They are awful ever since they had Frank Reich. Um, so they're just, even going to Super Bowl three years in a row. They still have to be a miserable fan base because they never won. They never won, and then the heartbreaks. So I mean, heartbreaks is on here, and that's three heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the Chicago White Sox, who've been so bad ever since they lost the big hurt. They uh, won a World Series, didn't they? Not recently. Early 2000s? With Mark Burley? Yeah. Maybe. 
Yeah, I think they did. Okay. I mean, we're really good at knowing stats, guys. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a I'm <laughs> I'm the stat guy usually, but now I'm, know, on, I'm on here so I can't help with that. Um, next up Cincinnati Reds, so bad. They haven't been good since Pete's, Pete Rose played. Uh, no, well, no, but they were good with Barry Larkin. They didn't win anything. That's maybe true, but they made the playoffs at least. Mm. My, one of my all-time favorite players. That's the only reason I know that. Um, next up, again another hockey team, the Buffalo Sabers. Awful. Um, then you have the Chicago Bears, who are good this year, but have been not good. The Jay Cutler years were just really bad for the Bears. Um, and before that, they still didn't have a quarterback, so they've been really bad for a long time. Um, the New York Jets, I'm actually kind of surprised by that because, what was it, eight to ten years ago, they made the AFC Championship two like two in years row. in a row. With so, Mark Sanchez. So that's kind of surprising that they're up there. Um, they're actually up one from last year. Uh, which means they were 11 last year, and now they're 10, so they're just getting worse and worse. Um, next up, they have the Arizona Coyotes. Didn't even know Arizona had a hockey team, so yeah, they're terrible. That. <laughs> um, then you have the Detroit Lions. Um, not surprised they're at number 12. Um, they've had some decent teams, but they've just overall been bad. I mean, they've had Matthew Stafford and, and uh, Calvin Johnson, but other than that, not very good. Next up, you have the Phoenix Suns at thirteen in a tie. Um, they are also really bad. I mean, Phoenix not 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 too good out there in Arizona. Really bad people. teams out there. It's just really sad. Oh shit, we have a we have two we have two North Carolina teams on here coming up. Yes, we do. I'm I'm, I'm going to get to those, mm-hmm. which just makes it even worse. Um, next up, we have the Seattle Mariners, who've been bad since A Rod left. Um, which is 20 years ago. Yeah, we'll just skip through them a little bit quicker until we get to some Charlotte teams. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> terrible. also terrible. Um, Miami Dolphins, terrible. Been bad since they lost Dan Marino 20 years ago. And he never won a World a World Series, a Super Bowl. No, he never had any help. Nope. Um, next up, our very own Charlotte Hornets. Not surprised. We haven't been good since the early 90s. Yep, and we lost a team. We got the Bobcats, and then we turned back into the Hornets. So it's, uh, and we're still not good. It's tough for the Hornets. Yeah, we're stuck in mediocrity yep. in Charlotte. Um, next up, Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, they've had a couple good years here and there, but other than that, they've been bad. Um, next, you have the Washington Redskins. Always bad. Yep. I mean, uh, they've won one Super Bowl, I think, um, and it was with, uh, what's his name? Only black Rippin. quarterback. No, the only black quarterback to ever win a uh, Super Bowl. Doug um, something. We're really good. Doug something. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Doug. I think it's Doug. I don't know. We'll look it up in a minute. When did the Redskins win a Super Bowl? Oh, I thought they did. You can check oh, that out. Mark Rippon was the last time they won a Super Bowl. Was it? Maybe it was. Again, we're, we're great with stats here. <laughs> Doug something. Um, Keep going. Uh, you look it up while I do this. Uh, next up, we have the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I feel like they've up been until last year. better. Um the last time the Redskins won a Super Bowl was 1992 with Mark Rippon. Oh, uh, okay. Who's, who am I talking about then? Okay, I don't know. idea. Out. Look that up. Doug? I mean... Uh, uh, look up uh, black quarterbacks for Washington Redskins. Um, Milwaukee Brewers, I thought they had been better. They had Ricky Sexton and um, uh, the kid from Miami, um, Ryan Braun. Yeah. Both good players. Um Doug Williams. Doug Williams. See, it was Doug. 30 years ago. I told you. It was Doug something. Got that part right. Uh, (laughs) Next up. like 1988. Yeah. Let's see. Next up, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Again, hockey. Who cares? But they've won a 
a Stanley Cup, which is kind of surprising did, that like they're on here. 2005, though. Was I it that it was. long ago now? Yeah, I don't oh, know why wow. I know that. It, I might be wrong, but I think it was 2005. Oh, I thought it was it. sooner. Maybe not. Um, then you have the Oakland Raiders who are going to move I'm up. I'm surprised they're not further out, up this list. But they won They won a Super Bowl or went to a Super Bowl. They went to a Super Bowl and then Gruden left and then won it that next year I with guess the that Bucks. was like 15 years ago now, too. Ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Raiders have been decent. They've, they've never been as bad as they have been the last five years. So that's probably why they're on here and they're just going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore Orioles, uh, just a terrible baseball team for a long time. And they're just going to keep, they're going to keep getting worse. They yep. don't have any talent. Uh, another hockey team, the Maple Leaves. No one cares about them. They've you struggled. The LA Clippers who no one cares about in LA because they have the Lakers. Hmm. And then you have our Carolina Panthers at 84 out of 123, which I was actually surprised about. I am surprised about that. I thought we would be higher, lower on the list, um, worse, um, but just because we have heartbreaks every year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So there's the top 25 most miserable fan bases of 2018. Um, all right. I'm surprised about some of those. The Panthers one, though, I'm happy about. All right, so my list, I'm going to go through, we're going to go into fitness. So the top 10 biggest fitness trends of 2018, and then we're going to do the top 10 fitness trends for 2019. So 2018, it was a survey. Um, where did I get this from? It's a survey the ACSM made an important distinction between a trend and a fad to the participants a trend was defined as a general development or change in a situation in the way that people are behaving. A fad was a fashion that is taken up with great enthusiasm for a brief period. Um, for the purposes of the survey, the ACSM was interested in trends which have more staying power. Survey respondents were asked to rank 40 potential fitness trends on a 10-point scale where one was least likely to be a trend in 2018 and 10 was the most likely to be a trend. All right, so that's what we have. Here are the top 10 for 2018. High-intensity interval training. So HIT training is the number one trend for 2018, and I will say I've done a lot of um, interval HIT training throughout the year. That stuff makes me want to throw up. But that's why it's so great. Yeah, it's terrible for yep. me. <laughs> Group training is number two. So fitness classes. Oh, my wife loves the fitness classes. I've never... I've done one class. I did a class at the Y years ago. Did you do it with Michael? And, yeah, and I thought I was going to puke. <laughs> it was terrible. It was athletic training. And this lady was eight months pregnant, and she basically kicked everyone's fucking ass in the class. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Uh, wearable technology. So smartwatches, heart rate monitors... Um, we'll get to something like that later in, in yep. the show as well. Fitbits, Apple Watches, those types of things. That was number three. Number four, body weight training. So that is a popular... If you do like beach body workouts or, or workouts on YouTube, there's a lot of body weight stuff because you can do a lot of that stuff at home. Yeah, you can do all of it at home. So I mean. it's extremely popular. Strength training. So what I basically do at all times, that was number five. Educated, certified, and experienced fitness professionals. So working with like a personal trainer. Well, I take well, 
Uh, is that different than working with? It is a different one because number eight is personal training. Um, so this is saying uh, there's a growth of educational programs and certification programs that have been accredited through legitimate, uh, and it shows the committee. A certification means that a trainer has taken a standardized test to demonstrate knowledge of gym safety, exercise form, and training principles. There's also an increased interest in more regulation of the industry, according to the ACSM. Overall, it's important that fitness professionals know their stuff to lead clients and classes in the way safe and effective. Number How seven, is that different than I don't a personal know. We're trainer? Gonna, we're going to read it. <laughs> Number seven is yoga. Number eight, personal training. Personal training has been a top ten trend since the survey began. Getting one-on-one time with a trainer can help. Part of this trend is also in making sure personal trainers are educated. Recent legislation has been introduced in several states to establish licensing of personal trainers, although none of it has been adopted yet. Here's what to consider if you're thinking about hiring an online personal trainer. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, doesn't sound any different. Fitness programs for older adults is number nine. And last is functional fitness. So think of multi-compound movements rather than just like bench or squats you're doing like a thruster so you do a squat into a shoulder press yep. like a functional mm-hmm. fitness move so a lot of what you see in um, crossfit exactly um it says think of functional training as training for life whether you're hauling boxes into a new home or reaching up to grab a suitcase from the overhead bin on a plane it's about feeling strong and capable in all areas of your life not just the gym so that's 2018 okay 2019. So for the coming year, these are gonna these are by survey supposedly gonna be the biggest trends for 2019. Okay. Number one, wearable technology. So la- in last <laughs> year it was hit training. This year it's gonna be wearable technology. Number two, group training. Number three, hit. Four, fitness programs for older adults. Five is body weight training. Six, employing certified fitness professionals. Bless you. Seven is yoga. Eight is personal training. So six, seven, and eight are the same yep. as they were last year. Number nine, functional fitness. And then number 10, and this one's interesting, and I'm going to read it. Exercise is medicine. So you're in this world, so it'll be interesting. Exercise is medicine is ACSM's own global health initiative that encourages healthcare providers to get their patients on an exercise regimen and analyze physical activity as part of a regular checkup. Okay. So it's then on the healthcare provider. So like you go and you you go and meet your doctor and the doctor's like, okay, here's what you have to do to basically cure whatever you might have going on with yourself. And it's, it's an exercise program. And every time you come in for a checkup, you're going to be analyzed on your basic basic exercise regimen. That's a good way for the doctors to make more money when not really doing much. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, foam rolling was a honorable mention, which I don't really see how that's a trend of fitness. How is running not on there? Outdoor, outdoor activities is number 17. So that could be running. It could be, but I mean, running is the easiest way to exercise. I mean, anybody can run. It's a, not even... No, nothing. Well, I say anybody can run. Anybody that is healthy... They don't even show it as... Joints they don't run. even show it as an honorable mention. That's crazy. Yep. So those are your trends in fitness for this year and next year. So be interesting to see if any of you you all do that. Now, uh, weight training 
strength training wasn't on there for 2019. That wasn't a trend. That's that fell off from 2018. You know what? The way with everyone's going with how exercise works these days, that is not surprising to me at all. It was just interesting though. It was on 18 and not 19. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, which one are you going to now? All right, since you just did all the uh, the workout stuff and the the wearable gadgets was number one, mm-hmm. we're gonna do the eight best smart gym get you can bring with you. Okay. For uh, 2018, I think it's gonna be geared more towards 2019 things. Um, Because some of them I've never heard of. Um, (laughs) Okay. So number eight is a Mark I Prime Vessel Intelligent Hydration. It is a smart water bottle. So it'll tell you how much you've drank and um, how much more you need to drink. Um, I don't know why you need a smart water bottle. You can just track it yourself by counting. I was going to say, you can't tell by how many uh, yeah, it ounces you've drank. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, <laughs> but it's, it's number eight on the list. All right. All right cool, uh, next fine. up, we have uh, Digit Soul Smart Shoes. Um, yeah, so these shoes, they auto-tighten. They warm your feet while you work out to a certain temperature, and then they turn off the heat. Um, I guess if it's cold outside and you need to warm your feet up, I know every time I work out, my feet sweat, so I don't know why they need to be warmer. Um, I like the auto-tighten. It's interesting. Um, It's scary, too, that it could tighten too tight and then break, and you can't get them off. Uh, That's stuff I worry about. Just, Uh, I don't know why. It's like... Okay. I don't know. You have have a weird fear. Weird fear of... Of (laughs) Of your shoes not coming off. Of of technology not working the way it should be and hurting you. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Yeah. All right. And then it also tracks movements just like a, a... our wrist, our wrist wearable, like our, our watch uh, tracks our movements and stuff like that. This uh, does the same thing for the shoes. Um, next up is something called a Sculpt. Uh, it measures your body fat and muscle okay. on, I think it said like 24 or 25 different parts of your body. So okay. that's very interesting. I don't know how 25 different parts of your body can get muscle uh, gauged on it, but sure. Um, next up, you have the Sports Coach Earbuds. By Jabra. By Jabra. Uh, you can jam out and receive audio guidance. Uh, it's basically personal fitness coach embedded inside your earphones. Well, I mean, how does that work? Um, I, I guess it's like a program, and it, it encourages you to do whatever you're doing uh, okay. inside your headphones instead uh, okay. of listening to music or, if you're you, a podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it might be good for you, somebody just talking to you the whole time. Yeah, that's true. Um, next up, you have the Bowflex. Select Tech 560 Dumbbells. Um, these things can count reps and sets. Uh, they can track your weight, your personal goals, and your progress. That's actually kind of cool um, that weights can, can track, track your, your weight, reps. Personal goals and progress. Yeah. I do like the reps because there are times where myself and Pete will forget how many reps we've done. Yeah. I, I don't know if it talks to you or not. But it'd be pretty cool if it counted out one, two, three, four. Yeah. Something like that. And then if it keeps your, your progress for you or something else, you don't have to write down. It can it can kind of go back and look to see what you've been doing, which right, is so kind of cool. Was, that was eight through four, so the top yep. three. Top three, we have a fitness scale. Um, it can measure your BMI. Um, it can measure uh, water weight, muscle mass, bone mass, some kind of fat that I can't even pronounce. Visceral. Uh, yeah, visceral. What, I don't even know what that is. Um this is why and, we're not in the fitness industry. And then all of these can be gathered just by standing on the scale for a few moments. I had no idea that was possible just from a scale. Wow. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, next up, you have Beast, which is, I think, something that would be interesting for you to do. 
um, because it is a wearable for weightlifting. Um, so it can track your strength levels, your explosiveness, oh. uh, your weight volume, density, the energy you burn, and then also reps and sets. And my tonage. I don't know. Tonnage. How. I can't even fucking read. It says tonnage. <laughs> it's a tonage. boy. Good job. Well, I was thinking gym. I'm like, I'm tone. But no, that's not it. <laughs> okay. Anyways. All right. And then the last one is smart clothing. So think a smart watch except for you wear it. Um, huh. It sounds super expensive. Um, and <laughs> of and who, who knows if it's even comfortable to wear. I mean, for me, when I work out, I want something that feels good and comfy and looks good. I mean, I have a feeling it'd be really hard to be comfortable and feel like you're looking good with a smart clothing thing. It has to have all kinds of weird little gadget stuff on it. Hmm. But anyway, that's the top that's eight. Top eight best smart gym gadgets you can bring with you. All right. We're going to switch gears and go into the top 10 most valuable brands of 2018. And if you follow anything in the world, all of you should know what number one is because all of us use it because we all love how fast we get things from them. And basically, Amazon. they're taking over the world. Number 10. Oh. It, I mean, Amazon is number one. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, you know, you just ruined the list now. Well, you started explaining uh, what know, it was. But I, I was exactly I wasn't going to say talking it. About. Number 10 is ICBC. Its brand value is $59.2 billion. Never even heard of it. It is China's share of global brand value has increased from 3% to 15% with ICBC, which is Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. So it's a bank. And it's a brand. <coughs> that's how China works. Number nine is Walmart. $61.5 billion. Number eight is Verizon, $62.8 billion. Microsoft is number seven at $81.2 billion. AT&T is number six, $82.4 billion. Surprised AT&T is in front of Verizon. Yeah, but AT&T owns um, DirecTV, Cricket. Gotcha, yeah. okay. So probably from their acquisitions. Yep. Um that's number six. Number five is Facebook at $89.7 billion. Think about this. They increased 45% from last year. And they had one of the biggest hits ever yeah. over the it's summer. Like one of the worst years ever uh, from a publicity perspective as well. Um, number four is Samsung at $92.3 billion. They're up 39% from last year. Google was rated number one last year. They dropped number three, yeah. 120.9 billion. And the top two are Apple at 146.3 billion. And number one is Amazon, which was ranked third last year. They are at 150.8 billion. They've increased 42% from last year says Amazon is the, I mean I don't need to tell you guys Amazon's the largest online business by market capitalization and revenue beyond being an online retailer it produces cloud infrastructure electronics and is present in music and video streaming in addition the 2017 13.7 billion whole foods acquisition took Amazon from the digital to the physical realm and now they're talking about getting into healthcare which is just wild. I'm not really sure. I've, I've heard them talk about that being in healthcare. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how they can get into healthcare. I don't know. They don't have physical locations anywhere. We're going to find out. Nobody I guess, thought they could get in the grocery game and they bought Whole Foods, so. That's true. That's true. 
We'll see. They'll buy somebody and then be all up in it. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your next list? All right, we're doing money, so let's do the uh, the top 10 highest paid athletes in the world for 2018. Okay. We have number one, a boxer, Floyd Mayweather. Um, he's on there because he pretty much made $100 million for the Conor McGregor fight, who will be on here later. Um, number two, we have a footballer, um, soccer. It is Lionel Messi at the $111 million. Lionel. Lionel, sorry. Lionel. <laughs> I don't know. It shows you how much I know about soccer. Uh, number three, Chris. This guy from Peanuts. Uh, Charlie Brown. <laughs> number three, Cristiano Ronaldo, $108 million. And then Conor McGregor, $99 million. Pretty much all of that from one fight that he got he get the his shit kicked ass out of him. kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, another soccer player, Neymar at $90 million. Uh, then you finally get to American athletes, uh, Lebr- LeBron James. No, Floyd Mayweather was on there. Yeah, well, he's a he's, he's a, an American athlete. He's a boxer. He's, uh, I don't consider that. Anyway, uh, number six, LeBron James, eighty-five and a half million. Uh, number seven, Roger Federer, seventy-seven point two million. That dude makes a ton of money um, in all his endorsements because um, he's oh, the I best uh, tennis player that ever lived, pretty much. Uh, number eight, Stephen Curry. million. Number nine is kind of surprising to me. Matt Ryan at 67 million. I wouldn't think he'd be the first quarterback on the list. NFL quarterbacks, man. All depends on when you get that. uh, I know, but 67 million is a lot of money for a quarterback. Um, And then next up, we have Matthew Stafford at 59.5 million, which is also another surprise because he's not even that good. Yeah, so if you look at this, you have your top 10 is three soccer players. Basically, two fighters, right? Mayweather and Conor McGregor. A tennis player, two football players, and two basketball players. It's a good mix. Yeah, I'm, supr- I'm actually kind of surprised there's not a baseball player on there. Let's see when the, I have the top 60. I will tell you when the first baseball player gets on there. I'm through 20, and so far not one baseball player. That's because, I think it's mainly because they don't get the endorsements. There's, there's just there's two IndyCar racers that are in the top twenty. I am through thirty, still no baseball player. There it is, number thirty-seven, Clayton Kershaw. Really, Clayton Kershaw, thirty-four point five million baseball first ba- first baseball player on the list is number thirty-seven. And the next baseball player is David Price at 47 at 30.7 million. Albert Pujols at 49, 30.3 million. And that's all baseball money, too. Yep. Justin Verlander, 53 at 29.4 million. Miguel Cabrera, 29.2 million. He's at 54. And that's uh, what it is. Only one of those guys has actually worked that money at this point in their careers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, guys don't, <laughs> in baseball, you don't get these big contracts until basically you're already over the hump. Right. Okay. Interesting. All right. Let's go with, I got four more. Let's go with, we'll go beer. Oh, okay. No, we'll do beer last. All We're right. doing beer last. Let's do, um, from my golf spy. I will give you the top 10 drivers, golf drivers, for 2018. Number one, 
is the ping and and if you don't know my golf spy my golf spy does their own individual testing they have testers that um you could become a tester for them with products if you play enough golf they'll send you the product and you have to use it a certain amount of times or you can become a tester in their local area they're out of virginia but they're um they're basically the non-biased they're not sponsored by anybody they're not owned by any of these big companies so they come out and they just give you their it's all based on the stats that they've collected from all of these uh, people coming and hitting these clubs and using the clubs or balls or anything. So this is the top, it's like the top 30, but I'm going to give just the top 10. The number one golf, no, I'm going to go 10. Yeah, start at the back. Number 10, the Wilson Staff C300 driver. Wilson? Wilson. Wilson's wow. making a comeback in golf, man. That's they have surprising. some really good irons too. Number nine is my driver that I use, the Titleist 917 D3. Number eight, TaylorMade M4. Mm. Number seven is Ping G400 Max. Okay, I just want to point that out. It's the Max model. Cobra King F8 Plus is number six. And now here's your top five. Mizuno ST... Uh, ST180, number four, Callaway Rogue, number three is the Callaway Rogue SZ. Callaway Rogue SZ, okay. Mm -hmm. That's that model. Number two is the TaylorMade M3 440. What is your guess that the number one driver is? What brand? TaylorMade already has two on there. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not thinking, can't be the M1 or the M2. Um, no, gonna, because they didn't come out this year. They came out last. The, oh, okay. Year. I'm going to go Ping. It is Ping. The Ping G400 LST is the number one driver by my golf I've spot. heard really, really good things about Ping. I've never actually hit them, but I've heard their drivers are really good. So it's dispersion, which means from your target, what's its average like yardage away from it? is the best by any driver. It is off-center, on average, 15 yards, whereas most of the other drivers were 17, 18, 19, somewhere 20 yards off off of uh And how do they test it? It's so... Just a motorized... No, humans. Oh, okay. And So that's the difference between them and like the big manufacturers. The big manufacturers will hit their clubs off of robots, mm-hmm. and that's how they get like distance and speed yeah. and all that. These are actual people like you and me can be go, go out to their shop in Virginia or be a tester for them and test the clubs as a, as a regular golfer would hit a golf club, and that's okay. where they get all their stats from. Gotcha. Ball speed off of the ping, 134.99. It's a carry average 218. Those guys don't hit the ball very no, far. No, they That's do not. It then. Nope. Their total, yeah, the carry was 218. These guys aren't hitting the ball very far. But So I wonder if that would be like a top driver for us then. Uh, it's the most forgiving club I've heard out there, driver out there. So well, that's good. So that would be good for us. But, I mean, we're, we're carrying, if we hit it good, we're carrying 280. Yeah, if you hit it good. Uh, yeah, I mean. We don't, we're not yeah, professional pounded. golfers. We don't hit it right where we want to every time. Nope. All right. What's your next list? Uh, let's do some travel. Um, we have the 18 best places to visit in 2018. Uh, we'll start with 18 and go up front. Um, 
a lot of these places you won't find me going um, <laughs> because they seem kind of dangerous or getting there is a little dangerous, but uh, we're going to go through them anyway. We have um, Yunnan, China. Uh, it's a mountainous area that borders with Vietnam. Probably not going to China. Um, Kajimbakara, Peru. Um, it's in the Northern Highlands. It actually sounds really cool. Not sure you're going to find me in South America either, though. So, might not go there. One place I really do want to go, though, is Portugal. I think Lips in Portugal, which is number 14 on the list, would be really, really cool. I've never been to Europe. Um, so, I think... Um, Portugal is someplace I really want to go. I really want to go to number 14. Uh, number 13 is Pyongyang Chang, South Korea. Won't find me in South Korea either. Um, Crete is a, is in Greece. I'll go to Greece. Greece sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rwanda, not going to Central Africa. That sounds super dangerous. <laughs> um, I know I, I'm I, I know a lot of people that have, have gone to Africa and have done the safaris and stuff like that. Not for me. I, I don't want to get eaten. I don't want to get shot by some random rebel person. So no thanks. Um, what's that look for? <laughs> I don't want to get eaten. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I'm, I know somebody that's gone to Africa, and they said that they've heard animals being killed right outside their tent, and then lions rubbing up against their tent at night. Yeah. No thank you. Like if you have to go to the bathroom at night. I'm not even getting out of the tent because I'm going to go in my tent. Bring a bottle. That's crazy. Um, next up, you have Perth, Australia. Don't know where Perth is in Australia, but Perth Australia is sounds on cool. the uh, western side of Australia. How do you know that? Have you, I know geography. I don't. I'm terrible at geography. So Sydney is basically southeastern side of Australia. Um, then you have... Uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank now? It's the other big city in Australia. Melbourne. Melbourne is basically southern Australia, and then Perth is on the western side. I mean, there's only like four or five big cities in the entire country. That's true. I've still never heard of Perth, and I wouldn't know where it was if it's I did. It's a long flight from here. Yes, it is. It's basically a day. Mm-hmm. You got to fly to L.A. first, and then it's like a 12-hour flight from there. And then probably to Sydney and then to Perth. Yep, exactly. Um, and then next up, we have Esawara. I guess I have no idea if that's pronounced correctly. Uh, Morocco. Uh, Morocco's in that kind of... Um, Dude, they, they just said that there's two people killed. Yeah, but that was in the mountains. I don't care. Yeah. It is generally safe, though. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of in that, that area where it's, it's safe, but there are areas that are not safe. It's kind of a mix for me, so mm -hmm. you never know. And then you have Pueblo, Mexico, which is 100 miles south of Mexico City. That doesn't sound very safe. But I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, right now, nowhere in Mexico sounds very safe. That's true. But, but that's if okay. I'm going to Mexico, I'm going to a resort city, and I'm staying on my resort and not going anywhere. Okay. Anytime you hear something about somebody, they have gone out to see the culture of Mexico, I would love to do something like that, except for the fact that I probably won't make it back. So not I'm right definitely now. not doing it. Not right now. Um, next up, you have Nagano, Japan, in the mountains. I could go to Japan. Japan yeah. sounds kind of cool. You have a comment about that one? I thought you did. No. No, I, okay. I think Japan's cool. Next up, you have Banff, Canada. I've been to um, Vancouver. Where the hell is Banff? I have no idea. I should have put that B -A -N -F -F, in there. B-A-N-F-F, Canada. Yep. 
Look it up. I am looking up. Um, Vancouver in Canada is really cool. I've heard Toronto is also awesome. Montreal is um, awesome. Is it? Okay. I've been to Montreal. Montreal is awesome. Yep. Um, the Van- city never shuts down. That's cool. Like I got home in my hotel room at like three o'clock in the morning and I left basically just like a happening party at a cigar bar. Like it, it does not shut down. It's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Canada's cool. I like Canada. So I'd probably go there. Uh, Nevis. Absolutely. I love the islands. So you could find me in Nevis at any point. So it looks like Banff is a uh, mountainous like resort town right outside of Calgary. That sounds cool. I could do that. It's part of Banff National Park. Okay. So probably some hiking and stuff like that while Skiing, you're there. Skiing. Yep. yep. There's a hot springs nearby. Chilling out by a fire, cool. hanging out, drinking some beer. All right. Uh, next up, you have Serbia. I'm probably not going to Serbia. Um, then Malta. <laughs> I'd, not going to I'd go to Malta. Malta sounds cool. Um, and then a national park in Cambodia. Probably not going to find me. Our in buddy's Cambodia. there right now. Who's in Cambodia? Andrew. Oh, that's right. He's going all over the place. Yeah, well, I he's saw in him Vietnam, Vietnam right too, now. Yeah. He was in Cambodia earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Cape Verde Islands, and I've heard they are gorgeous. So I would love to go there. And that is number one on the list for places to go in 2018. Do you remember where you got that list? CNN travel. CNN travel. Okay. That's interesting. Yep. Because I have Forbes travel guide. <laughs> and it is completely different. Is it really? Forbes travel guide, 18 top destinations of 2018. Sydney. Okay, yeah. I see that. Is number one. Okay. So yours was... Cape Verde Islands. Yep. All right. So... I'll start at 18 and work backwards. But Sydney was number one. Detroit, Michigan, number 18. This is a terrible list already. (laughs) Nobody wants to go to Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. We're not sure if you've heard, but the Motor City is reviving to get back into the spotlight. It doesn't matter if you're looking into the world of cuisine, entertainment. Uh, it's a solid. It's a solid A for the way it's changing outsiders' antiquated perceptions of the blue-collar destination. And when it comes to hospitality, the city may be mar- making its biggest strides. The beautiful Detroit Foundation Hotel opened last May in 2018. Things got even more promising for discerning travelers, as they'll be able to check into the Siren Hotel, Element Detroit, and the eagerly anticipated. Shinola Hotel, all within walking distance of each other in the revitalized downtown sector. Detroit, Michigan, number 18 place to travel, according to Forbes. I already think this is a terrible <laughs> list. Uh, hey, I don't, it says... Uh, yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> no comment. Right, huh? Number 17, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Really? Is this like the U.S. or is this no, the, the no, world? No, no. no, it's the world. I said Sydney was number one, oh, remember? that's true, yeah. Okay. That was 17. We'll, we'll go through these quick. South Korea. Okay. 16. So I had South Korea on mine, too. Yeah. The Bahamas is 15. Does it say where in the Bahamas or just Bahamas? Uh, I'm sure it does. I'm, I'm just throwing pages on the ground. <laughs> um... It's an especially celebratory year for the Bahamas with the grand opening of the long-awaited Baja Mar. The immense Nassau Resort Complex opened partially in 2017, featuring a Grand Hyatt, an SLS, the first in the region, and a soon-to-come Rosewood. The entertainment hub also offers 42 restaurants and lounges, an 18-hole Jack Nicholas signature golf course, and the largest casino in the Caribbean. 
So that's um, that's that's NASA. NASA for yeah. for more sedate stay, head down the beach to the Ocean Club with Four Seasons took over in November. Revel in the beach, cheek rooms, thirty-five acres of immaculate gardens, top-notch food from Jean Gorges Von Gelten's Dune Restaurant. So they're saying Nassau. Okay. I don't. I wouldn't agree, but that's fine. yeah, probably not. Puerto Rico. I like Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's nice. Igusu Falls. It is on the border of Brazil and Argentina, and it outshines Niagara Falls. So what it says. It's pretty cool looking. That is cool looking. I'm not sure I'm going to an outskirt of Brazil, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Los Cabos, Mexico. I think we all know why. The yeah. Beaches, the fishing, all that. Abu Dhabi. Ooh, yeah. Marrakesh, Morocco. Okay. So Morocco. Another Morocco one. Yep. Yep. Harrison's screaming. Mm-hmm. Prague, Czech Republic. Yeah, Prague would be cool. Here he comes. Yeah, Daddy's Lunch is here. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Ooh, there it goes. There goes our lunch. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Okay. Toronto. Yep, uh, we spoke about Toronto earlier. Toronto's cool. Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm, another South America place. Seattle. I've been there. My brother lives there. Does it deserve to be on the list? Sonia, China. No comment. If Seattle needs to be on the list or not, no comment. I think there's cooler cities, but you know, I'm I'm biased. The Palm Beaches. The Palm? The Palm Beaches in Florida. Oh, okay. New Orleans. Yeah. This list is absolutely terrible. Asheville, North Carolina yep. is number two. That is so terrible. Number two is Asheville, North Carolina. The Blue Ridge Mountain Hamlet already has a reputation for being a place where creative types gather for festivals and art consortia. But with the Biltmore's Estates two massive shows coming this year, Glamour on Board, Fashion from Titanic the Movie, and Shahuli at Biltmore, the city's casting a much wider artistic net. So it seems to me, and then number one is Sydney. So it seems to me that Forbes is basing it off of what is happening in those cities during the year right so minneapolis like that minneapolis is because of the super bowl wasn't super bowl there last year 2018 oh yeah you're right gotcha yep so that was that was my list compared to yours so forbes it looked like it was more so based on what's happening in the cities yours is based off of like actually going right and having one a vacation okay um we're gonna take it local we're gonna go to the top breakfast places in charlotte um, by 10best.com. Okay. Uh, number five, we have Cafe Monte. Cafe Monte is a good brunch place. I never do been. like it. You've never been to Cafe Monte? Yeah. You should. It's, it's good. I know where it is. Uh, yeah, it's right there in South Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, we have Terrace Cafe. Go there a lot. It's I've never delicious. actually been for breakfast. I've been for dinner and it was breakfast good. Breakfast is good. It is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Zeta Jane's Corner Cafe. Mm-hmm. Never been. I know Plaza Midwood stuff. A lot of people like That's that where area. That is. Okay. I am not a fan of the area, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, next up you have Flying Biscuit. I think number two is high for Flying Biscuit. It is, it's fine. It's not great, but I do agree with number one. Eddie's Place is the best breakfast in Charlotte, bar none, in my opinion. It is. I don't disagree. Always good. There is nothing bad on the menu and it is my favorite breakfast place by far in Charlotte. I don't disagree. It's a good place. All right. I have two more. You have one more. 
Mine goes into what I think every year people always talk about is your significant deaths, people that have passed oh, away okay. during the year. And I'm going to do it by month. Um, and it it has every single person that passed away. Um, here are some notable ones from January. Keith Jackson, sportscaster, the voice of ABC Sports college football coverage. He died at the age of 89. It's amazing how many people you forget about already. Like, yeah. I forgot that he passed away this year. Jerry Van Dyke. He played Luther Van Dam on coach. He died at age 86. Mm, okay. That was January. Those are two. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but there, a lot of them are older, um, uh, older actors or actresses. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, January's not, you know, January. I'm trying to exciting. look through the rest of January here. It's not exciting. Uh, nobody that I know of. So, not that you guys wouldn't know, but anyways. February, Billy Graham. Mm, yeah, right here in our backyard. Yep. John Mahoney, he was the dad on Frasier. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who that was. All right. Yep. Um, let's see. Those were two big ones. The rest of them, again, kind of just producers, people, singers, but nothing. Nobody really big time. March... <laughs> Frank Azruch. You know who that is? Heard the name. He played Bozo the Clown. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> he died at age 89. It's a bunch of old people. Bozo the Clown was on from 1959 to 1970. Yep. Uh, a big one was Stephen Hawking. Yep, that's a big one. That, Everybody knows that name. Yep, Stephen Hawking. Uh, physicist. Honorary Fellow of the Royal Society of Arts, Fine Arts, a lifetime member of the Pontifical Pontif, Pontifical Academy of Science. Easy for you to say. Uh-huh. And the recipient of Presidential Medal of Freedom. Died of uh, ALS, age 76. Wayne Huizenga, owner of the Dolphins, the Marlins, and the Panthers. He died at age 80. He owned all three uh-huh. sports franchises? And I did owns, not know that. I think he owns some He owns some golf courses, too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 They, I mean, he must have got in early because they don't really allow the cross-ownership anymore. Nope. Well, he owns a bunch of car dealerships, too, or he did. I think that's where he got all his money. Uh, yeah, so that's that was March. April. Troy... Vern Troyer. Mini oh, me. yeah, Mini Me. Mini Me died. Um, that was an overdose, wasn't it? Possible alcohol poisoning. Yep. Age 49. Oof. Barbara Bush, first lady mm. of President George H.W. Bush. So we'll get to him later. Mm-hmm. She died at age 92. Uh, R. Lee Ermey. Erme. I don't even know who that is. Um, he is. He played Gunnery Sergeant Hartman in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Yep. Great movie. Uh huh. Um, let's see. Nobody really else for. Avicii? EDM star? Doesn't help me any. So he is electronic music producer 
And he died, uh, it says, suffered from acute pancreatitis, but it doesn't say what he died from. I think he, I think everything points to that he killed himself um, because of that disease that he had. Um, yeah, I think that's it for notables for April. May, Margot Kin- Kidder, Kidder, Kider. What the hell, I can't. Where is she? I don't know who that is. Margot Kyder, actress, played Lois Lane in all three Superman movies. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to pick her out of anything. 1978, 80, and 1983. Um, anybody else that's of prominence? Uh, May was a pretty, uh, pretty slow month for deaths. <laughs> June. This awful. one. This one. <laughs> this one bothers me the most. Um. And I haven't watched his show since he did it because I can't bring myself to to watch it because he was a very influential person to me. I, I did Anthony Bourdain. Oh yeah, killed himself. He did. Um, uh, age sixty one, suicide. Kate Spade, suicide again. Fifty five, suicide. Yep. Um, Charles Crawhammer. He. If you watch Fox News, he was an analyst on Fox News, Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist for the Washington Post. He died uh, age 68 of small intestine cancer. And Joe Jackson, the father of Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. The father and patriarch of the Jackson family and the Jackson Five, died at age 89 of pancreatic cancer. July... If these are the three, they put they put like prominent people. I don't know any of these people. Yeah, let's uh, just skip July then. If we don't. Know well, I'm just going to see if there's any others on the list. Oh, okay. Nope. Whoa! <laughs> somebody died at age 101. Who? I don't know. It doesn't. I can't. It got cut off. <laughs> uh, August. Stupid printer. Charlotte Ray. She played Edna Gardner in the TV sitcoms Different Strokes and The Facts of Life. I know the shows. I don't yeah. know who she is. Aretha Franklin. Yep. Died at age 76. Robin Leach. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Robin oh, Leach. Yep. Yeah. He died at age 76 of a stroke. John McCain, age 81 of a brain tumor. It's a terrible one. Neil Simon, 91 of renal failure. And I think that's uh, I think that's it for August. September, Burt Reynolds. Hmm. <laughs> He I forgot di- that. Burt died Reynolds at age eighty-two away. of cardiac rest. Mac Miller, rapper, drug overdose, age twenty-six. Mm. That's about all that we would know. Uh, Richard Devos, co-founder of Amway and owner of the Orlando Magic, he died at age ninety-two. October. Um, if you watch The Walking Dead, Scott Wilson played Herschel Green. He died at age 76. Paul Allen, co-founder of Microsoft and owner of the Seattle uh, Seahawks. He died at age 65. That's young. Yeah. He died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. November... Stan Lee created the um, 
Marvel, right? Yep. He created Marvel. He died at age 95. You had George W.H. Bush, the 41st president of the United States. He died at age 94. Was that six months after his wife? Yeah. Something like that? Yep. Um, Stan Lee, him. Sandra Locke. What did she do? She was an actress. The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Willard, age seventy-four. I don't. I don't know. Her picture is really young here, but that's that's that. That was November, and in December, so far we have had um, Penny Marshall. I would say is the most significant. Penny Marshall played Laverne on the TV show Laverne and Shirley, and she also was the director of A League of Their Own. She directed. Oh, that's a. Very underrated movie right Great there, movie. A League of Their Own. Tom Hanks is amazing in Great that movie. movie. Yep. All right. Your last list. My last one, and we both actually had this one. Mm-hmm. It is Time's Top 10 Sports Moments of 2018. Um, and in no specific order, because they did not give an order. Um, but we have the Crimson Tide comeback in the national championship game against Georgia. Uh, they were down 20 to 10 entering the fourth quarter, and Tua Tagliavola, I think that's how you pronounce that. That's pretty good. Um, brought them back for a touchdown, um, or for a touchdown, for a win in the he National came Championship. Came off the bench. Came off the bench, hadn't played much all year, really. Um, and he came back and, and won the National Championship for them, and is taking them to another National Championship this year. So um, there's that one. I'm not a fan of that one because I don't like Alabama. <laughs> Next up, you have the Philly special. Um, This is when Nick Foles caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Uh, It was a fourth down play, and it was something. I think they they snapped it to the tight end or something like that and rolled out and threw it to the quarterback, which is crazy to think that that works in a Super Bowl. Fourth and goal on the New England one-yard line. Yep. So instead of field goal, they... Went for the touchdown and basically ended the game right there. Next up, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with this, but it's on here. Uh, stunning stick work, U.S. women's hockey team. Um, they won the 2018 Olympic Games, it looks like. Didn't even know that. They lost in 2014. And came back and... over. They lost to, to Canada. Canada. And then they won this year in a shootout. And well, the games why. in Pyeongchang. Well, that's why they call it stunning stick work, because yeah. they wanted a super and a shootout. Uh, next up, you have all-time upset, which I completely agree with this one as a top ten moment. Mm-hmm. When the number one seed in the NCAA basketball tournament went down to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, <laughs> which happened right here in Charlotte. Um I actually went to the next night of games, which the UMBA, UMBC played. Who'd they play? I can't remember who it was, but they were severely outmatched. And I wonder how they even. They beat the Cavs. They beat Virginia by 20. Virginia by 20. They must have just been making everything. Because the night I saw them play, they were not good. Oh, and they played, no, Carolina played Texas A&M. Don't remember who they played, but it was not It was not even close. And it, was, it was not a good game. It would be an eight or a nine seed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whoever that was in that, that side. 
Next, we have The Clutch of the Irish. I'm sure you like this one, even though it's women's basketball. That's okay. Um, uh, who is it? Oh, I can't pronounce that. Acri Ogambole uh, had two basically buzzer beaters uh, to win a Final Four game and then the NCAA championship game. Um, they beat Connecticut in the Final Four, who was 36-0 and going into the game, so that's a pretty good accomplishment right there. Uh, next, we have The Wrong Way. I, I think this one is dumb. It's hilarious. Uh, it, it it's is, a top 10 moment, so they don't always have to be good. I know, but I think it's dumb just because everybody assumes that J.R. Smith was going to score as soon as he pulled the ball out. I mean, the, the game was tied. It's not like they were winning or something yep. um, or losing. So J.R. Smith grabs a rebound after I think it was a free throw that was missed, and he pulls it out instead of going to the basket and trying to score. Everybody assumes that he would score and it wouldn't go to overtime, but, I mean, that's an assumption. The guy's like a 40% shot maker, so, I mean, not a great chance that they're going to score there anyway. Uh, next up... I yeah. just think it's great that he thought they were winning. Uh, I know. And he pulled the ball out, and, yeah. Anyway, next up, we have a Croatian celebration. Um, looks like it's a World Cup. Did Croatia win the World Cup? No, Croatia made it to the finals. Oh, France okay. won the World Cup, but Croatia made it to the finals. That is a big accomplishment. And for it them. was a nobody thought Croatia was going to be representing um, the one half of uh, of the tournament. Yeah, I, I didn't pay attention. The U.S. wasn't even in it. Yep. Uh, next up, you have Tigers. No, Army. no, no, you missed it. it. It's not highlighted here, but Serena oh. states her case. Yep, there you go. I missed that one. It's not highlighted. Uh, Serena states her case. Um, she got in an argument with a chair umpire, um, and she called the chair umpire a thief for calling violations on her. Uh, accused him of sexism, um, which is really strange because she's playing against another female, which absolutely makes no sense. Um, well, no, she read what it says. Why she accused him of sexism? Uh, as many male players have treated umpires far worse than she did, and never suffered a game penalty at a crucial point. So on she's the saying. Match. She's saying he was sexist because she did, the males didn't. will berate these guys and nothing happens. She makes a statement that she didn't feel as, as worse as what the males do, and that's it, what happened. It could have been the words she was using, though, as well. I mean, you never know what those other guys are saying, even though she might. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I don't understand That's why, why she was saying it's sexist. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really... Yeah. I remember it, but I do too. A top ten moment though of the whole year, I'm not so sure about. Well, it's because she came back from childbirth and she basically mm. almost died from what was told. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Tiger's Army, and I thought this was absolutely a cool moment. This is number one, isn't it? Uh, there is no mine. Did not. Come oh, it doesn't. With a top, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it it doesn't. Top it's list. no particular order. Yep. Um, so this one was really cool. I, it was on the 18th hole of what champ? What uh, tournament? Was, the PBA cha- PGA Championship. Um, he shot a final round 64 and finished second. But if you were watching that event, when he was walking up 18, the crowd around him basically surrounded his group. He and, he won the event. He did. Okay. He won the tour championship gotcha. in Atlanta. He finished second in the FedEx Cup. Oh, I see. I see. I got yeah. you. Um, but yeah, so he was, I think he's playing with Rory. Yep. And they had to walk through a crowd of, I don't know, 20 or 100 people. And then there were thousands of people following behind them with just lines of security, arm in arm, keeping people from mm-hmm. coming through. I thought it was a really cool moment. And um, 
I'm not the biggest Tiger fan, but when Tiger is good, golf is People way better it. to watch. They watch it a lot more than when he's not playing. Their ratings go way up. He's the reason they make millions of dollars for every tournament these days. Yeah, he is. Um, the purses are so big. Next up, you have external. I'm sorry, eternal extras. Um, the, so it's the World Series. Um, that was crazy. It was a seven hour and 20 minute game. 18 innings between the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Which is crazy um, because it was a 1-1 game. <laughs> What a boring ass game. Which is crazy. I mean, in baseball, there aren't a whole lot of 1-1 games anymore. So, it's nuts that in the World Series, you're 1-1. Not in 18 innings. Um, no, exactly. Well, I mean, it was 1-1 says the top of the 13th. I don't know what the final score was, but um, the game ended at 12.30 a.m. Pacific time. So yep. and they had is, to play the next day. Yeah, so 3.30 in the morning, Easter time. That is crazy. Yep. So, that is the top 10 sports moments of... 2018. All right, we're going to finish with the top 10 beers, and Matt and I are drinking the number one beer according to this list. So this this came from vinepair.com. It was top 50, but I, I narrowed it down to the top 10. So number 10, and I'm looking at all these. I don't think I've had any of them except for maybe one or two. Number 10, Night Shift Brewing Night Light. Never heard of it. Thrusting a friendly middle digit to macro loggers, Night Shift Night Light is a beacon of the craft logger movement. The Massachusetts brewery take on the crowd-pleasing category is unfiltered and unpasteurized, allowing fuller body and flavor. In craft loggers court, in craft loggers court, everybody wins. Hopheads get a flavorful break from milkshake IPAs, and the diehard domestic lager fans are treated to a familiar, better-tasting alternative. So number 10 is from a Massachusetts brewery, and is Night Shift Brewing's Night Light. Number 9, Wiley Roots Brewing Citradonculus Double IPA. This double IPA from Wiley Roots bursts with fruit notes of passion fruit, mango, and ripe pineapple. It's full-bodied, creamy mouthfeel. Creamy. Mm. That doesn't sound is good. Is luxurious <laughs> and mouth and mouth coating. Mm. Like a thick, juicy shake. This is an this incredible description. Sounds <laughs> awful. 8.1% alcohol. 9.1% alcohol by yeah, volume is what it says on it. Who wants to drink something that's creamy and then coats your mouth? Hey, man. It's a beer. It's not a milkshake, as they described it as. There's some people out there that like creamy mouth coating drinks <laughs> things in their mouth i don't know what to tell you a touch of bitterness on bitterness bitterness on the finish hints at this beer's ability to be both citradonculus and balanced in its own way oh it's called citradonculus isn't yep. it yeah yep. that doesn't sound like something i would like number eight tin roof brewings voodoo american pale ale out of baton rouge louisiana in an Undulating sea of American pale ales, Voodoo IPA is a glistening tropical hop wave. The aroma includes melon, pineapple, and passion fruit. Oats and flaked wheat combined with generous dry hopping to yield a soft, pillowy mouthfeel. This guy has great descriptions. <laughs> pillowy <laughs> mouthfeel that pushes Citra and Simcoe hops to their citrus heights. I'm going to say he has lots of descriptions that I wouldn't want described as a beer. That's funny. That's why I like reading it. <laughs> this pale ale also won a gold medal at the 2018 Great American Beer Festival. So we here in Charlotte also have a beer that won gold, not in 2018, but... It was 15, right? 
Yeah, 15 or 16. Okay. Noda's Hop, Drop, and Roll won, I believe, that category, the gold in the Pale Ale um, at the Great American Beer Festival in Denver. Number it seven, beer. Allagash Brewing Farm to Face. We love beer with peaches. Allagash's Farm to Face is a spectacular example of what brewers are doing with this fruit. The beer starts its life as a pale ale and is fermented for 10 months to stainless steel in stainless steel with Allagash's signature host yeast. After that, a funky party of some types of bacteria. I'm not <laughs> reading them. Plus plenty of peaches turn it puckery, pucker, puckeringly sour. Our panel found its aroma akin to fruit at the bottom yogurt at the akin to fruit at the bottom of yogurt opening up to unripe white peach and finishing with a fruit tart like flavor. So the only beer I've ever had from Allagash is, um, the white they're out of Maine. So we don't really get them down here a lot here in Charlotte, but Allagash makes a good beer. So they also used yogurt to describe that mm-hmm. beer as well. Yeah, it did. Why do they keep using these thick... Because it's, it's great. It's what it is. Things. Number six, Finback Brewery and Collective Arts Brewing Canada Spritz Black Current Brute Double IPA. Fuck's sake, that is a long fucking name. Not Jesus even gonna read that description, Christ. This collaboration between Finback Brewery of Queens, New York and Collective Arts Brewing of Ontario, Canada pours a translucent, dazzling copper that glows in the glass. On the nose are pineapple, orange, and dark berries. The mouthfeel is light and dry with fruity flavors. A pithy, almost tannic bitterness. During our tastings, one panelist said the beer achieved the best aroma on a beer in a long time. Weeks later, in a separate tasting, another panelist called it the best beer I've had in I don't know how long. That sounds like a better description. It's light and dry on the palate. That's that's what I want. Don't like, I don't want something that yeah. coats my mouth. You don't like creamy things that coat your mouth? No, that sounds terrible. Number five, Industrial Arts Brewing Wrench. One of several stellar IPAs from Industrial Arts. Wrench is unique among New England-style IPAs. It goes full haze, yet feels simultaneously restrained. The beer pours egg yolk yellow... Without mirroring milkshake thickness on the palate. Here he goes again with the milkshakes. It has an intense aroma of peach and pineapple juice. A lot of pineapple in a lot of these beers. And adds a Just adds sweetness with not a whole lot of flavor. Pleasantly bitter citrus. A hint of a spicy finish punctuates this ex- exemplary New England IPA. That's it sounds five. like this guy just wants a spiked milkshake. Yep, he, he does. Oh, here's an interesting one. Crooked Stave Artesian Beer Project Sour Rosé. Rosé's a rosé's a wine. It's now a beer. Uh, <laughs> according to this, they made one. Among the rash of rosé-inspired beers and ciders we tasted in 2018, Crooked Stave Sour Rosé emerged victorious. I can't even read that word. Breton, oh, I'm not reading it. Uh, sour rosé achieves a delightfully subtly compared to other rosé brews wild fermented and wildly compelling this beyond beer begs to be paired with a cheese and charcuterie spread or a roast chicken dinner this is also the cult brewers first 100% oak age sour beer in cans interesting it says it's wild fermented in oak with raspberries and blueberries 
Where is that one made at? I don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah. Crooked Stave, Artesian Beer Project, whoever they are. Look I've it up. I've never heard of any of these breweries. Beach, dude, because we, we live in Charlotte, so we know a lot of the Charlotte ones. Beechwood Blendery Funk Yeah is number three. Beechwood Blendery is extremely careful to state that this beer is not a lambic. However, it is as close to a cantillon. Jesus Christ, what the fuck are all these words that I can't read? Oh my god. The dude likes to use a milkshake to describe beer. He's Tasters were drawn in by its sour ale, golden hue, and apricot aroma. Its flavor was a journey, one taster noted. Some of these fucking people. It was a journey. Get the fuck out of here. It's a drink. Uh, <laughs> it lasts 10 minutes, guys. <laughs> it, it was a journey, beginning with mouth watering tartness, opening up to oak and stone fruit, and finishing with a lemony zing. Funk yeah took home a gold medal for the 2018 Great American Beer Festival in the Belgian style or sour ale category. So that was number three. Number two. Once again, another beer that we've never heard of. <laughs> two Roads Brewing Tanker Truck Series. Savignon Blanc Gauche. That's Sa- another wine, by the way. Uh-huh. Savignon Blanc-, Blanc Gauche unites two of your favorite things. <clears throat> gauche and classic white wine. On trend with its tropical fruit notes, think passion fruit, lemon, and citrus, and expertly dialed in with a tart, salty base, this new addition to the Tanker Truck Series is at once invigorating and restrained, finishing dry with a crisp mineral finish. The series also includes Persian lime, plum, passion fruit, and clementine versions, all of which we loved. Until now, these beers were fermented in a Tanker Truck parked outside the brewery but come 2019 two roads sour brews will find a new home in a new blending facility on the property area two they like a lot of weird fruits in their beer as well it sounds like okay the number one beer 2018 and we're drinking it for this show today sierra nevada's brewing hazy little thing ipa Sierra Nevada made an epic comeback in 2018. For years, its pioneering pale ale was increasingly overshadowed by newer breweries' trendy releases. With Hazy Little Thing, Sierra Nevada was back in the limelight. This hazy IPA pours a cloudy golden orange and has tropical fruit aromas of mango, pineapple, and ripe citrus. Its medium mouthfeel bears a telltale juicy essence that's both a nod to the trend and proof of Sierra Nevada's enduring expertise with hops. This beer is available in all 50 states and exceeded our expectations time and time again. That's it. Those are our lists. Do you have anything else? I don't have any. Well, I have another travel list but it actually had a bunch of the same ones that i had on my list before which i thought was strange because i'm surprised charleston south carolina wasn't on any of those lists i am too because it's such a great place it's supposedly the number one place to travel in the world one of the one of the best cities to travel to in the world you know what i mean i can see that we traveled there this year um together with our wives and we had a great time there are on twice oh back for my anniversary there are lots of rooftop bars there's great food you're on a lot the of water history. lots of historic buildings um and then if you want to drive 15 minutes you can get to the beach yep. great walking city i mean it's it's an amazing place um i'm surprised it wasn't on any I list too 
Um, I'm surprised some of the more islands weren't on there too, because that's just my personal opinion that the islands are amazing. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of resort type places, but it might just be popularity wise of just trying to get people to go somewhere else. Very true. Very true. You don't know. <laughs> All right, you got anything else? Um, let me think. Let me think. Um, what are you looking forward to the most for 2019? Just in general? Yeah, in general. Um, so, got we mentioned it a few times on here. Got a couple of golf trips. That's always exciting. Um, going to play a new course that we've never played before. And we're making the trip longer this year than we normally do. Usually it's two nights. We're going to do a three-night stay. Um, we at, we also have vacation together. We're going to the Dominican, which will be fun. I've We've both been to Punta Cana. We have not been to this resort, so that'll be cool. Um, see how this grows, this podcast grows. That'll be interesting. I mean, it, I'm two months in, basically. Um, and just to see, you know, it, it does take a lot of time um, to grow something, get the word out there. But just to see, like... Um, like New Zealand is the number two country outside of the U.S. that downloads this thing. That's very cool. Spain uh, is number three. So I it's, mean, it's it's awesome that you're just international in general. It's weird because <laughs> uh, I was telling another guest, it's like you know how why does somebody have interest in this in New Zealand? I was just one of the hashtags that you put on there. They follow it and, they, I, yeah. and, and they, they listen and they like it. I mean, yeah. that's that's just kind of the way it works. So it'd be cool to see who I can get on from a guest perspective. Um, you know, starting the new year, I, I will have guests on here that aren't my friends. So having conversations with people I don't know. and It'll be different. It will be different. Um, I did one this morning before you got here. Uh, that'll come out next week of someone I've never met before in person. We've talked before, but not in person. Um, so that was interesting. And it was a good conversation, a good episode. So that it'll be cool to see how this thing grows. Um, like I said, two months in, and um, I think the hardest thing is going to be just how to keep it relevant and get the content out there that people want to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. And also, just having a guest every week is yeah. it's tough. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, there will be repeat guests of, of some people that come on. Um, but finding new, interesting people every week is yeah. is a chore by far. I want to have the repeat guests on there because I'd rather have conversations with people I enjoy than have somebody on here that I don't know and um, be awkward and not good. Yeah, and not na- natural like, and, and, and having a good conversation with somebody. Yeah, like the guests I have for next week, it was right off the bat, just good back and forth conversation. There was an awkward silence and so it, it was a good thing, but there's going to be some of those that I'm sure are going to be... You might like, have to I'm edit gonna, a little I'm bit. I'm going to have to like pull things out of them <laughs> to actually... Yeah, I know I'm actually have to edit one of these things. Um, pull answers out of them. Yep. That's going to be the tough part. But yeah, that, that's my 2019. What about you? Um, All the travel we're doing. We're going all over the place this, this next coming year. Going to St. Martin in... 17 days which i'm really looking forward to going with um my wife and kids and going with the brother-in-law and his wife and father-in-law and his youngest son and um another friend as well so that will be awesome we're having nine people go way more than we've ever had in a three-bedroom house 
three bedroom house. Um, <laughs> old, so we're gonna have Hallie sleep with us, um, and then there's a pullout in the uh, the main house. Okay. So yeah, yeah, Cole yeah, yeah. and Max will sleep on that. Um, so that'll be fun. Really looking forward to that. Um, I I love that trip every year. I wish I could go more. Um, then we're going to Disney in February. We just booked our fast passes on Thursday, which is always fun. I love planning stuff, so that's cool. Um, and then we're going to Denver. Um, I have another wedding that's in Charlotte. That that'll be fine. It'll be fun. But Denver will be cool. I love. No, Denver. you have a wedding in Denver. Wedding in Denver. Yeah, you said Charlotte. Well, I have one in Charlotte right oh, around yeah, the same time. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and then we have our golf trip around that same time as well. So it's end gonna, of May. Yeah. So I think the week before I'm in Denver or I have the other wedding in Charlotte. I'm not even sure to be honest with you. No, it's the other wedding in Charlotte because April is your trip to. Why do I know when your trip to Denver is? Because I don't. Know I know what, why because I had to rearrange the golf trip like six times. Yeah, not just because of me. There were no, there was other people, but yep. And I then uh, and then we have our Punta Cana trip, which will be lots of fun, all inclusive with friends. Um, I don't think you can really beat anything like that. It's it's nice to, I mean, we've been to all inclusives before, and it's it's fun. We have a great time, but being able to conversate with other people while you're there, is, <laughs> yeah, not have is, it try and make friends with people that you don't know. <laughs> exactly, it's always a little difficult, um, and it's kind of awkward. But having somebody there will will be lots of fun. Um, so that's the travel of 2019. What I'm looking forward to. And then for sure. right after that, a couple of weeks later, we go to the beach. That's family right. Trip. Then we're going to uh, Ocean Isle Beach as another family trip. So mm-hmm. lots of vacations this year, which I, I'm all for. Vacation as much as you can. Travel the world. See what you can. Cool. Well, I just want to thank everybody for listening over the last couple months. I hope this was a different approach to it. We just went over things of 2018 and our opinions on them and uh, real-life uh, reactions to them because, like I said, we didn't share these lists with each other until this morning. And then we really didn't really share what was on these lists. So, um, And we actually had two of the same lists that we pulled. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't tell each other what we were going to pull either. So keep listening. Keep telling everybody. Uh, great way to get the word out there for me is obviously Instagram. Share it with friends. Also on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you rate it, give it five stars. If you enjoy it, that helps. Um their algorithm as well to put my uh, podcast on more of the home pages and everything. If you start getting good ratings, they put you up there for other people to start listening to. So now oh, we're watching the Panther game and he just missed the fucking extra point. We suck. We're winning, but we suck. Uh, that's a good way to finish it. The Panthers, Panthers suck. suck. 2019. You know what I'm looking forward for 2019? The Panthers to be good again. Mm, we got a lot of work to do. No, we need Cam to just get his shoulder. That's true. All right. Well, that was our two cents worth. Another good one. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. That it's was in fun. the books. Now we're going to have lunch. Okay. And I got to put this on the fucking internet. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Have a great New Year's. If I don't see you, we'll talk in 2019.